Office 365 Distilled. Welcome to episode two of A Wee Dram. It's our solo performances from the Office 365 crew. Um, Moraine has done episode one. If you haven't listened to Moraine's take on low-code, no-code, and how to build your community in your organization, then I highly, highly recommend that you do that. For me, uh, as I take this 20 minutes, these sort of short driving in and out to work podcasts, I want to talk about the first day on a new contract or the first day of a project or that point where you walk in to a new organization, whether it's a permanent job or whether it's a consultancy contract or whatever. But I wanted to talk about some of the things and try and give you some guidelines that after 20 odd, more than 20 odd years of doing this job, um, I kind of identify how I can add value and be part of that organization. The title of this is Break Through the Barriers, okay? It's about understanding where you can add value because they pay you money to bring your experience and to add value. That's what these people do. That's why they've taken you on board. They've asked you to come and do some work, etc., etc. So what I want to do is I want to pick up a bunch of stuff, all right, around day one, Okay, and of course, from that day one, it's going to lead on to identifying the doors and the barriers of the job or the contract or the work you're doing. And that's why it's called Breakthrough Barriers. All right, so let's talk about day one. It's the first week, if you like, uh, of what you're trying to do. And there's a number of things that you need to get hold of. Okay, you need to look at the objective. You need to work out what's going to make you shine in the first three months of this job, of this work. Because quite honestly, whichever way around we look at this, we looked at, all right, you're the new guy, the new person, the new kid on the block. And so try and identify as you work through that first few days of work, what it is you're actually going to do. What is your first goal, if you like? Uh, It could well be, God, this is a complicated business. I really need to understand where I sit in this. That might be something that you need to do, but that won't necessarily make you shine. So during that first week, meeting all those people, during the first tour of the organization, meeting the first groups of people, try and identify where you're going to make your mark. Because if you don't make your mark quickly, if people don't have something to remember you by, then the rest of the project, especially when you want to get things from various people, can become that much more difficult. So identify. What is you, where can you add the best value? Of course, there's a team around you. That team could be the team that you're a member of, or it could be a team that you're having to create. Here's a few hints and tips around looking at the team that, quite frankly, will be hoisted upon you. If it's a new job, as a new manager, as a new team, then hey, well, well and good. You can build relationships. But if it's a contract position or a consultancy role, then you kind of need to identify the team that's going to 
help you shine if you take those last thoughts. So you're looking for the helpful people, the people that kind of are like-minded and want to add value in their job and want to change the organization for the better. You're also looking for the powerful people, the people that have the right connections so that when you need to do something difficult, and we're going to talk about doors in a little while, and sometimes you might have to kick down a few or barriers and identifying. You're trying to identify the people that can give you a little bit of power, that can help you move things forward. I guess you're also looking for those people that are just full of bullshit. You know, the sort of people that talk to you about what they do in their job, but you feel like there's something missing, whether it's drive or whether they're really ready for their next career move um, or, or whether they're just, you know, kind of feel like they might get in the way. I'm, I'm not being negative about anybody here. Everybody has opportunity. Everybody has capability. But sometimes people's capability is not going to help you achieve what you're there to achieve. We're also looking for owners here as well and people that are accountable for things um, and that's important too. So if you need to roll out Microsoft 365, you're kind of looking at where the organization is, for example, then you know MS Teams is on everybody's lips because Microsoft is selling that as one of their core products. One of the first things you really need to ask is, have you done a network assessment? So find out who owns the network. Have a sit down, grab a coffee, etc., etc., and then take it from there. At some point, you've got to get technical. You know, we're in the job of, of rolling out people into the cloud, of bringing new ways of working with the organization, etc., etc. So you kind of need to work out what level of technical competency the organization is that you're stepping into. So, for example, are they bleeding edge? You know, are they running Windows 11 already? I know I might be dating this if you're listening to this in a year's time from now, but look at the version as on their desktop. Are they running Citrix and are they running it for good reasons or are they running it for historic reasons? Have a look at what their latest versions are of their software. You know, are they the latest and the greatest and the bleeding edge? All right, or are they, you know, aligned with Microsoft or are they behind on Microsoft? This is something that will give you some idea about how focused the organization is on making sure that security is good, that patching is good, you know, that, that basically they want to deliver the best tools available to the organization. When you start to roll out Microsoft 365 or to do any kind of technical change, understanding whether they are at a specific version because a piece of software they bought won't work on any other version, then that's going to hold you back. So understand where they are from a technical level and that sort of competence. Another good indicator of this is uh, when you get your laptop for the organization, have a look at the Microsoft Store. Okay, Have a look at the MS Teams apps and find out whether they've kind of restricted it or tied it down or generally left most things available for people to choose and give them the flexibility. You need to understand where the organization is. Start again. You need to understand where the organization is when it comes to governance. Because if you're going to try and make changes in the organization and roll out new software, you want to make sure the system is there to be able to 
put those applications easily onto a desktop to ensure that there is a, a good change process so that you can guarantee that the latest versions or the appropriate versions are in place. And one of the good ways of doing this is drop into the conversation, you know, where are your governance documents stored? You know, how do you define your processes around these kinds of things? If they give you a good answer, like, oh yeah, uh, John in IT, uh, he manages all those governance documents. And if you talk to him next week, then he'll be able to give you whatever you need then obviously you're on to a good thing. If your answer is like, yeah, well, we tend to kind of just manage that on a project-by-project basis, then it basically means you're going to step into an organization that will give you some power because there's not going to be many things that will get in the way. We'll talk about doors and barriers in a short while. Um, But yes, so understand, you know, where the governance documents are. And It could well be that you have to start a governance process, not some huge corporate thing that has to get signed off by all the board members, but just a place where you store your governance documents or your standards or your requirements that everybody has access to around you. Um, Lead by example, that kind of stuff. Finally, on, on this area at technical level, have a look at what their operations and standards are. And a good one for this is to ask them whether they have a change control process. An organization that has a change control process, have a a look at what the change control templates are like. Um, Understand um, whether or not they ever turn any changes down or whether it's just a checkbox organization. Another great question. It will tell you whether they have some levels of standards in their technical organization. Always, always worth asking that question. Let's go to the boss level. <laughs> you will report into somebody. And it's it's really important to understand whether you're going to be able to have the flexibility, whether the organization is risk averse, whether your ideas are going to get held back because of various reasons. You know, so there's there's some questions that you kind of might want to ask here. So one of the early ones I always ask is, hey, when can we organize a one-to-one meeting? Set the standards that say, look, I want to talk to you as a boss and you know, understand and get your opinions. Um, but it'd be really good if we don't have to meet every single day or I don't have to get approval for all the things that I want to do or I have to do. You need to get a feel for how much flexibility and power you're going to have in the organization to make the change. So try and sort of set that operating levels with your management um, and ask uh, uh, about right try to understand what their expectations are of you so that you're immediately starting off on the right foot that's week one of the organization as i said it's really important to identify doors and barriers so what do i mean by doors and barriers well doors are opportunities and barriers can get in the way Okay, so it's very easy, but each of them have got different aspects. So let's hit on doors first. There are three kinds of doors. There are doors that are locked, and you need to find a way of getting through those locked doors. There are doors that are open. They're just waiting for somebody to step in um, and, and do things. So, hey, they're cool. They're often quick wins. And there are doors that, quite frankly, you need to kick down. And it's important early on, not necessarily in the first week, but start to identify doors that are locked open and doors that need a good kicking to move them on. 
Remember, you're paid to open doors, you're paid to kick down doors, and you're paid to unlock doors. That's really where you're going to add value within the organization. And potentially, that's what's going to make you shine in that first organization. And you get a reputation for being able to change and drive change. So let's take a look at locked doors. And why why might a door be locked? Well, in some organizations, especially at the moment, with such a uh, a change in personnel that people are leaving and moving on uh, and the attrition within organizations, then it's sometimes a resource issue. It's a lack of resources that's actually making something move forward or stopping something happening. And as a very flexible consultant person, this is where you can use innovation and your creative skills to come up with a solution that might not need resources or that could be automated or that could be driven by a workflow or an automated process you know instant decisions and the ability to make something happen quickly the other one is fear so sometimes a door is locked so you just can't get past a process because they're frightened of it or they don't understand it or they have a fear that they don't have a solution for and again use your experience remember you're paid to open doors here and unlock doors here. So think about fear and why why they are frightened of doing something. The typical one, for example, is allowing users to create SharePoint sites or MS Teams. And if they want to be an open organization, but they fear thousands of SharePoint sites being created, then use your experience to try and put some sort of governance in after the effect or to set the rules or use some third-party tools that means people need to answer or ask one or two questions before they're allowed to create a site. But it's fairly easy and quickly for you to be able to get through some of these locked doors where people are frightened of something, often just needs innovation. And if there are a lack of resources around, sometimes they don't have the time to think about a solution to a problem. Sometimes a door is locked because a complete lack of accountability or a lack of actioning around the problem, okay, around fixing something, and they're just getting on without actually having to change it. It could well be that this thing just doesn't need to be there, in which case you can just take the door away altogether, and so you will have improved the situation. Sometimes you've just got to step in, be accountable for some of the decisions being taken. And yes, you will make poor decisions and they will point the finger at you, but we're not there to hide. We're there to deliver change. We're there to deliver things that are new um, and to make us shine and make us clear. The easy doors are the open ones. The ones that you can get all the information you need and very often you can identify those easy wins and those wonderful opportunities. Remember, when you take on this role, you bring in a bunch of experience from somewhere else that they have not seen. So use your experience. Use your experience to add new ideas, to drive things forward. Use your experience to create some brainstorming or to put some thoughtful questions to the team and help them to develop some of their ideas. Sometimes doors are open, but there are issues and blockers. And again, using that innovation and creativity that we bring, come up with a solution, a a short or quick solution, uh, where it's possible, of course. Sometimes, hey, 
You know, sometimes these things are just not easily and you have to pick your own battles and you have to pick the solutions that you can put into place. But, you know, identify the relationships and that are going to give you value and the problems that are going to give you value because they these doors are usually owned by somebody. As I said, sometimes they're locked because they're accountable. But those open doors, like the change process, for example, you can use it to your advantage and you can move it forward. And then we get to my favorite door, the ones that nobody ever wants to deal with and the ones that you basically have to kick down because nobody cares that the door exists. They walk past it every single day and they just forget it. They pretend it's not there. And usually a door that needs to be kicked down is identified by the fact that they're not sure why the problem exists. Maybe they're trying to bring their uh, sales pipeline down or increase their sales pipeline. And they've been trying for several months to do this, but the problems are unclear. Um, So again, remember, you bring experience and ideas from somewhere else. So sometimes you need to kick a door down where nobody really understands the problem. Take it back to basics. Say, okay, why don't you just walk me through this process here and start to build the story up and see whether you can identify the problem by looking at it from a different angle. Hidden problems. There are also doors that seem to be kicked down when you find that every time somebody updates the new software version there's always a period of time when people can't use it or it doesn't do what it's supposed to be delivered and so the problem is there but nobody understands or or sees the problem they just accept it that this is the way it goes hey there's a new update so expect a few days of inconsistency and and kind of problems to deal with the second one is often more difficult to, sorry, the third one, yes, is more difficult to do when it comes to kicking down, is kicking down that door of the recurring problem. The problem that seems to be there that people have just stopped worrying about. The fact that, yes, I need to keep logging into my email every six hours, or it keeps asking me for a password every time I I create a new application. The reason these often recurring problems don't get looked at is because nobody can work out who who owns them. So the idea of authentication could well be some combination between HR, Active Directory, conditional formatting, sorry, conditional access, the network team. There's a number of things that might be causing that recurring kind of problem around that login ID. So the recurring problems, you can see them there, but nobody seems to either want to answer them. And again, you can go and kick that door down and use those, again, I talk about experience, your innovation and creativity to see whether you can break down that. So we talked about week one. We talked about identifying where you can shine. We talked about the doors, opportunities and problems that nobody else seems to be dealing with that would uh, allow you to be the person that's fixed a problem. And then we move on to the last area uh, that you always come across, barriers. Now, these are never going to get fixed immediately. Barriers are there. You need to identify them. You will find them. You will come across them. And you need to list them, whether you just keep them in mind somewhere or whether you decide that it's a goal that you're going to fix. So identifying barriers is important. Now, I'm going to cover three areas of barriers here. I'm going to be talking about people. 
I'm going to be talking about process and I'm going to be talking about historic barriers. I'm going to deal firstly with historic barriers. The number of times that I have to talk to somebody on a new contract or a new organization and they say, well, it's always been like that. Often they say, it's always been like that ever since John left for his new position in the different department and they moved on and they took the knowledge and experience with them. So historic barriers that people just accept, uh, there's always done that. They have no appetite for changing uh, or often it's just too big for a fix and so nobody wants to take the problem on. Then again, You've got to make a decision. I'm going to just make a note in that because I might come across a way of being able to simplify that or I might come across the way of making the change more important so it can't just be ignored. Or it could easily be simple that you just go and find Barry who now moves in a different department and you say to Barry, hey Barry, um, can you remember how you used to deal with X, Y and Z and then find out whether there's something you can take back to the team. So the second uh, barrier to to look at is process. Within any organization, there are processes, whether it's how do I add a new account, whether it's how do I request a new laptop, how do I start a new project, how do I get paid, who signs my timesheets off. There are lots of processes. And very often a barrier is caused by a bad process. Somebody just set up a poor process many years ago and people just don't use it anymore and they don't use it because, hey, it requires 17 approvals and nobody is bothered to find out whether 17 approvals is what's actually really required. Typical process here is, hey, I need to set up a workflow to approve this document. So you go and build a power app or a workflow through one of your other tools only to find that really what's needed is, you know, a SharePoint view or a list that just says, hey, guys, um, this is where you will go every day and you'll find the things that need to be approved or looked after. And so you can often simplify a process with a barrier, but often it involves lots and lots of people to fix it. Sometimes managed services can get in the way. So a badly created contract for a, for a managed service will stop you being able to deliver that change will be able to will, will just cause you problems moving forward um <clears throat> oh i made a note on the board here and i don't know what it meant uh but anyway i'll worry about that one later depending the organization will also depend on your barriers so if you're working within a financial organization there's going to be a bunch of processes that are going to be quite solid and detailed. So learn to work with them, all right? Basically use the process to get done what you need to get done. If you're working at a, I don't know, an education university organization, very often you'll find it's all fairly well chilled and it's just basically allowing you to go in and make whatever kind of changes you need and then you can put new processes in and actually get people to agree you know that would make sense let's start doing something that way people i guess is my last thought on barriers here there are a number of people that you are going to meet that will be positive and negative and so when it when you find a barrier you need to find who owns that barrier so it could well be the finance department who are stopping you have a particular kind of software because 
the contract doesn't suit the organization's guidelines or something. So then you need to work out whether you need to change the guidelines or not. But to do that, you need to identify the owner of that process and actually try and find out why this is causing an organization problems or you problems or anything else. And quite frankly, that person will be positive or negative. It all depend on how busy they are, whether they have the responsibility, whether they've been trying to change something for a long, long time. So there you've now got a partner in place to try and make a change and get over that barrier. Sometimes it's about organizational competence. To be fair, we meet all kinds of people in these jobs and some of them have just been there too long. And they don't care anymore, quite frankly. And sometimes people stepped up to a job that they're just not capable of delivering against. Other times you get people that are just so overqualified for doing something that, again, it's a little difficult sometimes to see the wood for the trees. So you can help them um, be able to sort of work that out. The thing about the barrier is, what is your role? What is it that you're changing, or attempting to do within the organization? What have you been employed to do? We talk about rolling out Microsoft 365. It's never a quick project. Okay, It requires a lot of change. It requires a lot of technical decisions. But identifying those are the people that are talented, that have leadership capability, that are competent, that don't mind change. Surround yourselves with these kinds of people because those barriers that are going to stop you trying to move something forward, those doors that need kicking open and unlocking and basically opportunities that are there through those doors and those technologies that you need to get a handle on so that you can work out what your goals are and how you can shine, and how you can position yourself to be effective and add value, they're all important, and they're all crucial for you to make sure that your contract gets extended, or your bonus gets paid, or you just enjoy your job. And after all, we're working because we want to enjoy ourselves and we want to get some satisfaction on a Friday night when we sit down with a whiskey Oh, well, actually, there's no whiskies in these podcasts, but there you go. Uh, I'm sure you understand what we're trying to do. So there we go, breaking down the barriers, trying to understand early on in any contract or new job what is going to stop us adding value to the organization. So I hope you enjoyed this weed ram from Office 365 Distilled. It's the voice and thoughts of Steve Dolby. Uh, we are doing these just to kind of add an additional uh, thought process for you. But in this case, they're more precise, they're specific, trying to identify lots more nuggets without that sort of comedy that inevitably happens when Steve and Moraine get into the same room. So this is it. It's over and done with. Episode two of a wee dram, Break Through the Barriers. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll catch you at the next episode of Office 365 Distilled.